Hi, Kevin McCullough. I want to talk to you about a great family tradition in celebrating the birth of Christ right here in the middle of New York. In fact, at Carnegie Hall on December the 15th at 730 in the evening, imagine yourself singing Christmas carols with Keith and Kristen Getty, a big choir, and 2,000 of your best friends here in New York. The Gettys just got their first Grammy nomination, and they're going to have Grammy winner Ricky Skaggs joining them. And then it's going to be an evening of worship and Christmas caroling with Celtic, bluegrass, classical, and modern music all wrapped up in a vibrant celebration of Christmas. Sing an Irish Christmas at Carnegie Hall, December 15th. Learn more at gettymusic.com slash NYC. That's gettymusic.com slash NYC. Hope is hard to find. A new collection of real-life stories from Fox News' Harris Faulkner reveals how salvation came when it was needed most. Faith still moves mountains. Miraculous stories of the healing power of prayer. Order now at foxnewsbooks.com. Yeah, I'm happening in New York or across the globe. Learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right. Uh, last weekend on my weekend TV radio simulcast, uh, we showed you some video that, of all places, CNN was publishing. And it was stunning. Uh, people in white suits, picture the... Uh, the government forces that came in after the E.T. discovery in the movie where they try to take the alien and everybody's in the full body white suits with the big stuff all over their head and everything. These, these are these are they're called white suits in China, but they're going into people's private residences and upon nothing more than suspicion of a citizen having been somewhere near where someone had covid that was reportedly uh, found to have had covid. Uh, they are hauling these people out. Uh, in the broad daylight, in the dead of night, anywhere in between, uh, and the human rights abuses being sent into uh, COVID containment camps and all kinds of things. It's just unspeakable. And our government has said next to nothing about it. Um, The leftist media here in America has reported almost nothing about it. I was shocked to see this video show up on CNN. Uh, But I want to discuss this um, in greater depth, and Gordon Chang is back with us. Gordon G. Chang on Twitter, uh, and I encourage you to follow him. Uh, And Gordon has uh, penned a piece for foxnews.com called China Puts the World at More Risk Than Ever Before. And, Gordon, before I get into the the details of your column, you've seen the same videos that are breaking out on social media that everybody else has. Uh, These are drastic human rights abuses, and they're not against people that are even necessarily infected with the, the virus. These are just people that happen to wander near certain places uh, and they're treating them like this. This is abhorrent and American leadership has been vapid on what's happening there. Well, certainly we had the Biden administration say some very dispiriting words about the protests in China. Uh, If the Americans don't stand up for freedom and democracy, um, nobody else in the world will. And this will have a consequence because not only will the Chinese people sense that the American administration is not with them, but also people around the world in other countries. 
Now, what's happened in China is the extraordinary protest that followed the November 24 fire in Urumqi. Right. And that fire, um, firefighters could not get to the apartment block because of uh, COVID blockades on the streets. And also people died because they were sealed into their apartments. This triggered um, protests across the country. These protests were not coordinated. There were no leaders. Uh, they were not organized. But people just had enough of COVID-19. And, and Kevin, it was not just COVID-19 restrictions. People immediately were chanting, down with the Communist Party, down with Xi Jinping, because they realized that the root cause of this is Communist Party rule. Given that, and he's just been he's just been through his ceremony where he's basically what uh, president for life or whatever they call it um, over there that he's he's been processing. What where do things stand? How does this? I mean, when you have protests that are that large, even if American and Western media aren't covering it, surely it makes an impact uh, there in China. Um, what what has been and what is the response that you're seeing develop over there? Yeah. You're referring to the Communist Party's 20th National Congress, Correct. which was held in the middle of last month, where Xi Jinping got his precedent-breaking third term as General Secretary of the Communist Party, in other words, China's ruler. And while the Communist Party, while Xi Jinping was consolidating his control over the Communist Party, it was clear, even in the middle of October, that the party was losing control of Chinese society. And that was evident from these protests, a different set of protests at, in Zhengzhou, in the central part of the country. Um, this was at the iPhone factory of mm -hmm. Foxconn, the Taiwan manufacturer, um, that makes – and it's this particular facility, somewhere more than 200,000 workers, this makes somewhere like 60 to 70 percent of the world's iPhones. Um, and those extraordinary protests continued into this month. And there was a real warning to the international community that China was no longer stable. And then, of course, the November 24th fire, which we just talked about, confirmed that um, China right now is um, in a very volatile situation. And the people there have pushed their regime around, which is now relaxing those COVID rules. But we don't know how this is going to work out. Well, typically when uh, very maniacal leaders that are very authoritarian get challenged, usually that creates a circumstance by which they tighten the grip. Has Xi Jinping exhausted that option? Is he still likely to utilize it? Or do you think that the protests are truly having the ability to kind of get him to, to loosen up a little? Yeah. At least at this moment, um, clearly Xi Jinping has exhausted the opportunity to exert more control over the Chinese people. And the people are emboldened right now. Um, the protests have uh, died down because uh, the regime has announced these COVID relaxation. Um, but uh, really in Beijing right now, they've just given a signal to local officials. And local officials really don't know what to do because they've got two contradictory guidelines. One is to open up. The other is to make sure that there are no more cases. So they, they really don't know what to do. But the, the issue here going forward um, really is going to be the Chinese people have made it clear that they don't want the Communist Party. Communist Party may reassert control, as it's trying to do right now, but this is going to be a long-term struggle, which means that China will remain volatile. And that of implications for us. Well, given that, you write in your piece that China puts the world at more risk than ever before, um, and you talk about threats to 
the region beyond their own borders. What what are you what are you describing in this piece? Yeah, Xi Jinping has clearly lost hearts and minds, and he realizes that he can no longer persuade the Chinese people. He can coerce them, he can imprison them, he can intimidate them. Um, but if he wants to unify them, uh, which he absolutely has to do to stay in power, he's going to have to do something. And the only thing that he can do is to create some sort of foreign enemy, um, some invasion of India, Japan, Philippines, Taiwan, create some sort of incident with Australia or the United States, really to um, create the foreign enemy. Um, and so that puts us really in the crosshairs. But, you know, even before these extraordinary protests, start, which started last month, um, Xi Jinping had been not only mobilizing the military for war, more ominously, he was mobilizing Chinese civilian population for war. And so we've got a militant regime that uh, is bent on some, creating some sort of incident. Um, and, and what's occurred with these protests in China has only increased the incentive for Xi Jinping to do something truly horrible. Uh, with given given the the public's kind of lack of trust, though, in the CCP, do you think that his preparation of them for war is working, or do they see through it on some level? I don't think at this moment that uh, the Chinese people want war. They didn't want war a couple months ago. They certainly don't want war now. But um, we got to remember that um, you know it's it's not just this COVID. Uh, you know, Xi Jinping, um, China has been building these enormous quarantine or so-called quarantine facilities. For instance, there's one in Guangzhou, which was the site of continuing protests um, that houses or meant to house 250,000 people in really sparse and Spartan uh, rooms, which really means that this was for population control, not disease control. And so this is this is one of those things where we don't know how this is going to end up, of course, but it's really hard to predict because any option is uh, possible right now. Any scenario can occur. Given the limited amount of information that the Chinese public has, do they even have a fair chance at truly understanding, like, what their uprising could turn to? I mean, there's no possibility that democracy comes out of this, is there? Well, um, there's a possibility, but if you're asking what's likely, the yeah. answer is no, um, because at least on the mainland, um, if we go back a couple hundred years, um, you know, the Chinese people have been struggling, um, but they managed a democratic form of government for a couple months. That was 1912 or so, um, and that was completely snuffed out. Um, the, they do have a model, and that is Taiwan. Now, people in Taiwan don't consider themselves Chinese, but the people on the mainland consider them to be Chinese. And however the people in Taiwan self-identify, they right now um, have a vibrant democracy. And the Communist Party is deathly afraid of that because that undermines the Communist Party's core narrative, which is that the Chinese people need the Communist Party to govern themselves. Right. And the Chinese people can see people in Taiwan don't have a one-party state. They change their governments all the time. Um, and right now, uh, the Communist Party doesn't really know what to do, which means, again, more incentive to um, destroy Taiwan or some other neighbor. Well, if they if they keep on this path, if Xi Jinping doesn't um, relax the restrictions completely, is he looking at 
you know, greater confrontation with his own people? Would he use military force against his own people? I think that he would. I mean, those huge quarantine facilities that are being built across China, I think, are meant to control the Chinese people. Yeah, those are scary. I mean, they they remind you of, like, uh, you know, death camps from World War II. Yeah, these are concentration camps um, uh, because they don't have a medical purpose. So disease control is, I don't think, is the reason why they're building them. Um, we don't, you know, we don't have any authoritative statement other than them saying this is for quarantining of Chinese people. But that makes really very, very little sense. So we can see a regime that is, at this point, um, I think, uh, prepared to go to battle with its own people. What's the most important thing the United States should be doing in response to all this right now? We should be preparing for war. Um, I know that sounds stark, but the Chinese are. And there is a noticeable lack of urgency, not just in the Oval Office, and not just among senior civilian officials at the Pentagon, like Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, but um, among the three and four stars. Yes, they recognize war is possible, but they don't really are preparing for it as if it might occur um, now. Um, and that is a terrible mismatch in perceptions. You know, we may think that it's not a good idea for China to go to war, but the Chinese have their own calculations, and we have to see what they're doing and what they're saying. And when we do that, we need to uh, make sure that our society is prepared to defend ourselves and our friends and allies, and right now we're not. Well, and when you say that China is preparing, you really mean Xi Jinping, and um, it's it's his insistence upon uh, what needs to be done that everyone else responds to well it's the communist party yeah. which means it's the um not only the 92 or 3 million members of the communist party but it's also uh the chinese central government um but the chinese people don't want any part of it um but that doesn't mean we can say oh let's not worry about it right uh, the problem right now is that the regime is militant it's got incentives to take us by surprise and it is in fact preparing for war well, it is something that uh, we need to be certainly uh, thinking about and discussing. I, I wish Gordon that um, you know uh, General Austin or or the president or somebody would reach out to you and say, uh, "Come tell us everything you know," uh, because it seems as though um, you're telling a very different story than what Washington is. And to be very candid, I trust you more than them uh, any given day of the week. Uh, but we appreciate uh, your willingness to chat with us about it. Thank you so much, Kevin. And by the way, these guys know what's going on. They know everything I know. They know more than I know. It's just that they are willfully blind. That's that's discouraging on every uh, possible level. Gordon Chang, thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Gordon G. Chang on Twitter if you want to follow him, and I would encourage you to do it because uh, you'll, you'll learn something every single day. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away.